Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Welcome to the Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. I'm Yetta Decker and it's been a month since I was connected with you and with Kelly Wilson. So welcome back, Kelly. Thank you for having me. And we talked last time about inside the mind of an investor. And what we've been told and heard and know for ourselves is that we didn't give you enough. <laughs> we didn't give you enough of an inside scoop into the mind of an investor. And we didn't answer as many questions. Well, we'll never be able to answer as many questions as there are about investing. However, we didn't answer enough for people to be satisfied with the number that we answered. And so we're back to say, sorry, sorry we ran out of time, then we didn't give you enough to feel fully satisfied. And I know some of you came out to the investor workshop, which was fantastic. And now there is another one coming up. I think there's two more and then we're moving on to something quite different, which will be more of a membership kind of club. And so on March 9th, you will have a chance. If you missed out February 9th, March 9th will be a chance to come to the Investor Wealth, Financial Wealth Formula session, if you want to call it that. And you can just find out about it by going to Decker Team. That's not what this show is about. It's just to make sure that if you want that as a resource, it's available to you. And so questions and strategies were the things that people were saying they wanted more of. Yes. Yes. It's important. It's the most important, especially when you're trying to figure out the, the, the planning, right? It's how is this going to look and affect me? Because on top of being able to have a great asset and a great opportunity, you want to make sure that the other side of the things are covered, which is all the financial, right? And making sure that you're not overpaying taxes and making sure that you're maximizing the different opportunities that are available. And seeing things differently, taking advantage of under 3% mortgage rates. Which, <laughs> ah, we talked a fair bit about that. So if you didn't catch, we don't want to do a repeat of the last show. So if you didn't catch the one, go to my archive, go to DeckerTeam.com, watch the archive show there. It was aired, um, I can't remember the date. I know the Wealth Workshop was on the 9th, so it was probably aired the 3rd, the 3rd of February is when it would have been aired. And so go back and watch the show from the third mm -hmm. so that you can see the first half, yeah. which is the stories and how to get Kelly get into it and how did not so much how did we get into it, but how did our son get into it? And that the, the principles are really timeless, mm -hmm. even if everything else has changed. Yeah, absolutely. The principles are timeless. Yeah. So what is, because we don't want to do a repeat, so we're going to start somewhere totally fresh. What is a key strategy? What is one of those, maybe the top three core key strategies around investing in real estate, whether it's your first or your 10th or your 100th property? Um, I think the, the, the big one is looking at where you are in your life, right? So oh, how soon that you would like the properties to be paying themselves back to yourself, which ultimately is the goal, is to create a, a pension or another form of income or resource. 
So I think looking at, and everybody's going to be different. That's why the planning is so important because it's not a cut. Here we go. Here's the mortgage. Here's your payment. And, and, you know, we'll see you in five or 10 years and see how it works out. Um, we want to make sure that you're getting the most tax efficiency out of how your current structure is right now. And not that I'm an accountant, but certainly being able to show you some different ways of looking at the mortgage, um, how much you're going to put down, how much you're taking out of where it's currently sitting, uh, how you can utilize the bank's money and whether that makes sense for you, how you can deduct interest, deduct taxes from the property, deduct advertising. I mean, there's so many amazing opportunities to be able to take advantage of, which is another reason I really like property because it's not just about the income. You want to be able to offset some of the income when you're earning more money, right? When you're in a higher tax bracket, you don't want to be paying more tax, right? So is there a way that you could structure and strategize yourself just to make the overall plan a little bit more effective and try to figure out what the need is for the client and what what their goal, what their purpose is and, and how they would like it to sort of look in five years and two years and 10 years down the road, right? Is there an estate opportunity at the end of it all? So that's part of, again, sitting with professionals. And that's why we like to work with accountants and we like to work with planners and be able to sort of overview and make sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of making it most effective. So the first strategy is a plan. Yeah, absolutely. Have a plan plan (laughs) is, is have somebody a, read some resources. Yep. So I'm going to say that that's part of the planning strategy. It is. Right? So we're going to talk about three primary strategies, and yet the first one is simply planning. And yet there's some steps in planning. So there we is. make the title planning. Yep. What are the steps inside planning? Well, to figure out what kind of and what length of time you want to be doing this. Yep. Right? What is your end game? Yeah. Or what you perceive to be your end game? The reality is, well, we started our strategy and our plan back about 30 years ago. The picture that we had then <laughs> has no, no resemblance to the picture that we have now, nor to the reality that we're living now. Mm-hmm. I mean, was there owning commercial property with our businesses in it? My brain wasn't there. No. I didn't own a real estate brokerage. I was just starting in the real estate industry. My plan then was to have residential properties in the community that I lived in. Yeah. Different strategy. So it's not that the plan won't change. It's if you don't have a plan, you're really planning to fail, aren't you? Definitely. Either, yeah. You know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. And it, and it kind of works with every investment, right? You always yeah. sort of want to have that... And more so because there's a lot of advantages you may not know about in real right. estate, right? That that you can take it, you know, take it, sit down and overview it. And, and um, that's taken a long time to learn. But it's also taken, you know, sitting down with many professionals over the, the years and looking at all the different stages of everybody's time frame and, and, and where they want to be, right? So, right? so the first is a plan. Yep. First strategy, plan. Yep. Second strategy, <sighs> risk tolerance. That is a big one. It's huge. <laughs> and th- this, well, first I'm going to let you share what you mean by risk tolerance, and then I've got my own little tangent. I want to go on around risk tolerance. So I'll let you go first because I'm polite today. Okay. So part of sitting down with a client is um, letting them know, you know, yes, real estate is probably the one of the best, but they're also uh, comes with, you know, being able to manage it, right? So who's going to manage it? Is it going to be yourself? Is it going to be a property manager? Who will that property manager be? 
Are you interested in just starting off with one unit? Or maybe you want to start off with, you know, an overview of a, a 20 unit or a 15 unit. Maybe that looks like partners. And what do those partners look like, right? So it's really your risk tolerance because, yeah. and, and, you know, I always say take the time when you decide to be your own property manager, take the time to learn who's going to be living in your home, making sure that they're, they're going to have the pride of ownership, you know, that, that you would have or that you that you want. And sometimes people get so excited because they get a phone call. Oh, I got a renter. I got a renter. You know, <laughs> I, we were with clients I've just recently. <laughs> yes. Brand new investor clients. Yeah. And I went with him to the property because we built in an opportunity for them to go and show the home X number of times before it actually closed. Yeah. So that meant we got to go with them. And so as we were hanging out the very first day in particular, sweet, beautiful young couple starting out, they own their own home. And now they're starting with their first investment property, a simple town home, which is not a bad initial strategy for some people. Mm -hmm. And first person comes in and they're convincing them all the great things about the house Mm. and telling them how lovely it is and why they chose it and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was kind of like, no, no, you're, you're here to interview them. They're not here to interview you. And, and so even just understanding, sometimes saying less is better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yes, you want to be friendly, you want to be kind, except it's not about convincing somebody because people already kind of know whether it's a fit for them or not. Yep. So it's more about asking clarifying questions, yep. having a conversation. So even something so simple as that. Mm-hmm. And we'd had the conversation in advance, and yet until you experience some of it, mm-hmm. you, you can't figure it out. No, and, and part of, you know, looking at that, the risk tolerance is the age of the building, Yeah. right? What work is going to be needed in the next five to 10 years? It could be, um, you know, something as simple as saying, okay, we're going to have a 20 to 30% put aside for maintenance issues or potential... Right, if it's an older building. If it's an older building or whatever. Yeah. So, But you might get a, a, a much better pricing, right? So right. again, it's always weighing your risk tolerances, right? right? And what's good for somebody else is completely different for this person. Right. So part of that risk tolerance strategy is not to get your risk tolerance from someone else. No, no. <laughs> You've got to weigh all the pros and cons. Just like when you're buying a house, yeah. right? When you're showing somebody how to buy a house, you're saying, here's the benefits of a condo. Here's the benefits of a single family, a freehold. So it's the same thing when you're looking for your own home, right? I right. think. But now we've got to take it into another context because it's um, something that you're going to have to manage or, you know, to take on, right? For, and likely for a long time. Yeah. Right now we're talking about the buy and hold strategy of investing. If you want to talk about the flip style of strategy for investing, call us. We'll do that one-on-one. That's not so much the context of this particular show, mm-hmm. having a very, um, I was going to say poignant, but very structured show really, well, it's never structured with me. We all know that. Uh, more detailed around stuff to do with buying and holding real estate Yeah, really is the point. So risk tolerance. Now, anything else around risk tolerance that you want to make sure everybody's aware of and understands? Well, I think, again, it's just, it's, we, you know, we all, we sit down uh, with our clients and we, we explain sort of all the different types of properties, what it means to, if you're, and there's a lot of people that really want to get into the game and they, they're excited about it, but they may not quite have enough. And that's where another partner could come in. So right. if there's even somebody that you know of that might be sitting on the fence 
and you know you, you've heard them maybe talk about it or you're not sure or maybe they're not happy where they're currently investing maybe have that conversation with them and come in together and sort of do the overview with every you know with the professionals and that's sort of the tie into the third strategy right which um, we, we've talked about so it's uh, the risk tolerances are you know for me back at my my first stage of the game it was a as a townhouse it was a condo that's all i could take on at the time that's all i wanted to manage it was getting my feet wet and it sort of just went up you know from there right and so, for and for us it was helping clients that found themselves in a bind mhm and so it was lower priced properties where they were trying to get either into something else or get out of a situation they'd gotten themselves in the reasons were varied at the beginning and it was never homes that we were actually looking for. So our strategy was just help somebody. Mm-hmm. That was our risk tolerance, really. And our whole plan initially was bail somebody out that was helping themselves, mm-hmm. right? And just needed that hand, that helping hand. And that's where we started. Now it's not where we've stayed. Mm-hmm. We still have done that from time to time. And yet that's not our primary risk strategy, mm-hmm. right? So the returns probably weren't as great, but then that wasn't what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to the planning stage. What were we planning for? Yeah. It was the planning strategy and then the risk tolerance. And risk tolerance in a relationship, if let's say you're married or you have a business partner that you're going to do this with, but you're doing this with someone, mm-hmm. whether it's a spouse or otherwise, your risk tolerance may be very different. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. We, we, we chatted about that. Yeah. And so if your risk tolerance is really different, it's how do you then strategize to bring the person that requires more peace of mind, more harmony, has a lower risk tolerance than the one that's maybe a bigger risk taker? How do you bridge that gap? And we've done it different ways. Again, it's part of the risk tolerance strategy and part of what we do when we sit down together because it's very much dependent on how the two people, or sometimes there's three, which is even more fascinating. Um, (laughs) There comes that word again. It's fascinating, (laughs) I'll tell you. Two's challenging, three is fascinating, (laughs) and four is just wild. Anyway, we certainly still will sit down and plan. And the great news, Ken on our team who I happen to be married to, and I guess most of you probably know that by now, he is the calmest, most um, solution-oriented dude I've ever met. And it's not because I'm married to him. He did an assessment a few years ago that was around strategy and Mm problem-solving. And the woman that did the results for him went, I'm kind of confused. I've done thousands of these, and I have never had anybody score as high as you scored wow. in that whole area of problem solving. So when you're sitting down and you're looking at your strategy and your risk tolerance, he's really great at looking at the 10,000 foot view, the from the sky view, and seeing what your next one, two, three steps are. Mm-hmm. So you can create the overview plan and then actually move forward toward your first few steps, which I would say is our third strategy. It is. And, you know, part of what I wish I had back then was a network. That was, that, that in itself is probably, to me, the most um, effective in terms of sound advice, um, 
being able to just to know where I have to start. Yes. Right. Yeah. Your first like just three steps. Even your first one helps. You know. But we've given you three three primary investment strategies today, and having mm-hmm. those three gives you where to start. It, it gives you. It gives you so much insight because at that time I didn't really understand condos all that well. Right. Right. I have learned so much about condos. <laughs> So have I, you know, sometimes and, nicely and sometimes not so 100%, nicely. Right. So when you're, you're sitting there going, is this a good investment? How does that look? What are the pitfalls? What, you know, and we want you to be successful, right? Oh, well, that's, that's the, the whole thing is like, yeah, if we could take your 30 years and my 20 years and wrap it all into one and be able to pass that information with onto our, you, onto you, yeah, yeah, um, with our center of influence and our circles of network that we've trusted over the years. After you know, because some people might say they know something, and maybe they're maybe you know not as versed, or so we've learned that too, right? You, you've yeah. sort of learned that along the way. So having the network is so important because people usually want to start with the finance aspect. Right. Yes. To sit down. Yes. Can I do this? Does this work? How will this affect me and my wife, my family, you know, whoever is involved in this decision making? And then it's sort of, OK, now that we've agreed, we've got a price point. This is where our comfort level is. Let's talk about the types of property. Right. How does that look? What can you get within that range, what areas? Location, location. <laughs> and location. <laughs> is so Do not important. leave out my three locations, <laughs> location. Kelly. Two is not enough. <laughs> Two is not enough. No, yeah. absolutely three. Yeah. Because that is vital. And when we say location, 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 mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you all want the same location because there's not just a location. There is the location, location, location for you, mm-hmm. right? Just like there's the type of property, we would echo that three times as well that you want to hone in on, that's part of the planning strategy, hone in on what kind of property you want to invest in. Mm -hmm. And then get really, really, really good at that. Mm -hmm. And if another type of investment comes up, unless you're wanting to take that on as a new focus, Mm -hmm. because you've already done the other for a long time, and you're saying, you know what, now I think I want to move from single family residential, and I want to move to X. Now you need to learn that again. Yep. That's part of the planning strategy. Absolutely. And back to number one. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you want to do commercial. I know part of um, what you were talking about is looking how much we had paid in commercial rent, right? So if, yes. you, if you are a business owner, right, that, that is something really important to look at is how much you're paying in rent. Right? How much you're paying in your triple, <laughs> your triple net rents, yep. and maybe there's an opportunity for you to put your business into something that you own, so you can start paying yourself, right? And um, that was a that was sort of a a, a big aha uh-huh. because sometimes you don't know if if your bit you know your business is going to stay or your team's going to grow or or you know how that's going to look, but you can grow real estate with how you grow yourself. Right, which right. Is, and grow your business. And grow your business. And here's an interesting piece. This is not one of the four, three strategies. This is the bonus strategy. <laughs> your investment strategy and your investment income and your investment outcomes that you're going to get is only based on how much you grow yourself. Absolutely. Right? If I don't grow myself at least at the same rate as I'm growing the 
investment wealth in my life, mm -hmm. it's going to go badly. Mm -hmm. Something's going to go off the rails. Mm -hmm. So this is bonus strategy. There is. That's a good one. It's true. Grow yourself and in alignment with what you're growing in your investment and the rest of your wealth in your life, whether it's your relational wealth, whether it's your spiritual wealth, whether it's your brain wealth, whether it's your physical wealth, it doesn't really matter which one of the wealths it is. In any of those areas, you want to make sure you're growing yourself. Yeah. And I, I would probably say one of uh, the more popular strategies that are coming up, this, this is part of the finance strategy, is a lot of people don't realize that you can use your RSPs mm -hmm. to buy real estate, um, to be able to not only become the lender and the borrower at the same time, you can do this with tax-free savings accounts. So it's not necessarily something that the bank is going to talk to you about because they prefer to lend their own money. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a new concept by any means, but there's just so many individuals that don't realize they're just so used to having it, you know, in a stock or in a mutual fund or sitting somewhere else earning a rate of return. But how cool is it that you can actually use? And, and that's a lot of people are RSP, you know, very focused, which is great for your plan. But if now you could say, you know, I didn't really have the extra money because it's all locked up and I don't really want to be taxed on it. You know, give us a call and we'll show you how to be able to use those RSPs and, and focus them um, on purchasing or, right. you know, and that's a, that's, that's a non-arm's length mortgage. So. Right. And so that's a, that's a, an aspect of the original first strategy that yeah. we talked about. Mm -hmm. And actually it fits into the context of the second strategy because it also is about risk mitigation yeah, or what's your tolerance for risk. Cause that's mm -hmm. really what we're talking about is how do we mitigate some of the risk and have both people feel harmonious and at peace mm -hmm. or everybody involved in the investment decision. Mm -hmm. And so maybe using some of your own money. Yeah, absolutely. May help in that aspect as well. Yeah. There's so many, I wish we could give you everything <laughs> that is available in terms of strategy and it's impossible. I do believe though that we've given you some huge value that you can start to understand and even if you're already investing, that's the beautiful thing, if you're already investing, you may be listening and going, ooh, I didn't do that one or I didn't spend enough time on that strategy or that is a strategy? You're kidding? I didn't know that was something I should be thinking about. So, because certainly that happened to us. Yeah, absolutely. And you, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't necessarily know it all going into it. So even if you're already an investor and you're saying, I don't know all this, that's perfect. We'd still welcome your connection. We'd still welcome you to join us on March 9th at the Investor Wealth Building Workshop or session. It's not really a, well, yeah. It's a great way to get information. It's a great way to be with other people where you can collaborate, learn together, and then really move forward together with wherever you are to wherever you want to go. Mm -hmm. So in relation to strategy, we've given the top three, given a bonus strategy. Mm -hmm. What else, and I love the add-on that you gave us around being able to use some of our own money, mm -hmm. right? Fitting that inside the concept of our strategy. What else? What else is like those nuggets? The nugget, I would probably, um, you know, just thinking about how you help your clients in purchasing and, you know, is market rents. This is a good one, right? Yes, this is a great <laughs> one, actually. Market rents. <laughs> what can your market bear? where you want to buy. 
Yes. What amenities are around yes. the property, right? So um, I have a lot of clients that fall in love with a property. So do I. And we're guilty of it too. Yes, and we are. you fall totally in love with the property, but when you're running the numbers, it doesn't necessarily make sense. And, you know, part of going through that motion is trying to show what the finances will bear with market rents. And I think that's where having that, you know, vetted professional. Well, and for us, we have Topperty, which is our son's creation, right? And something he's worked on for three or four years, which he really got into because of all his investment clients and his own investments is how do we calculate the numbers and how do we look at the returns and what kind of rate of return am I looking for? And when is that property no longer producing that? So when is it time to buy another property? All of that fits into the strategy. So that's a tool that we wouldn't do without as we're helping people figure those things out. And market rents is a big piece of that. And just because even if a property is currently a investment property mm-hmm. and is currently rented out, mm-hmm. maybe those rents are higher than they should be mm-hmm. because they knew someone who knew someone who was in a bind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so they were able to put somebody in there at a higher than what is typical market rent. So as soon as that person moves out, you're going to be in a bad spot, mm-hmm. or maybe there's been somebody in there forever and ever, and the person that owned the building, owned the property, wasn't really a savvy investor, yeah. or was doing a favor for a family member or for a friend, mm-hmm. and so therefore there was less than what would be typical market rent. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about looking at your investment property and saying, hey, it's rented now, and this is what market rent is. It may have nothing to do with nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. You may, and are you buying a vacant property? You're buying a property that's occupied? Mm-hmm. Are you buying something that's never been an investment? Now you're turning it into investment like a townhouse that we could certainly uh, offer you. That's something a lot of our clients do is come to us and we help them start that very first one mm-hmm. with a newer townhome mm-hmm. because there's no maintenance to deal with. It's just, a, it's a, it goes back to that whole risk tolerance. Yeah. What are we ready to take on right now? Mm -hmm. And so market rent is something you really want to understand. And it's hard to comprehend and understand on your own. It is, yeah. Because it takes research and knowledge and expertise to be able to pull that information. Yeah. And I think another good one is what I've learned. Yes. (laughs) Is it's, um, (laughs) it's, it's less expensive to keep your current tenants happy than it is to have to turn a property over, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> so. yes, I rolled my eyes. If you are listening and not watching, you will have heard a groan, not a snort. My snort's for happy things. My groan is for really horrible things and not keeping a tenant happy. And some people get so caught up in the, the 50 or the 100 a month they may or not be getting as opposed to thinking that's a, a, a larger deal to that person. They feel that they've been a great tenant and how do you reward those people in making sure that they stay and they don't go anywhere and then you can create that great long-term relationship that works for both of you. So that was a big one, you know, yeah. because when you're understanding how to work with the people that, you know, are going to be staying in your home is, is huge and how to keep them there and how to create that long-term bond and relationship. So again, another strategy to be looking at, right? Very important. Very. Which ties into market rent. And so we may choose for a season to maybe have it slightly below market rent 
because it serves you in your bigger plan and Absolutely. your bigger strategy. Absolutely. So and I it's bet. Deductible. And it's uh, and it's deductible. Okay. <laughs> Kelly whispered that in my ear, so if you didn't hear it the first time, she said it's deductible. <laughs> so yes, keeping your tenants happy, it's yes. a good thing on a lot of levels. Yeah. Because cleaning and painting and getting it ready for someone else is very expensive. Yeah. And putting someone new in it. So if you have questions, I know we have not answered them all, although we've done this twice now (laughs) and we'll probably do this a third and a fourth time. So just keep giving us your questions. And if you like how we banter and you like the information you're getting, I will invite Kelly back. If you don't, don't. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, have a great day. Thanks for joining us on the Inside Track on Real Estate. Thanks, Kelly. (laughs) 